What's up, world? You are now listening to the Power Post Game Report, where we recap each episode of Power, currently in Book 2, Ghost. I, of course, am always one of your hosts, Triple D, and with me, as always, is... This is Carlos D. What's good, world? Welcome back. We're back with another one. Episode 4. We are moving along, getting these ends. Um, how how you doing before we get to, down to business? How you doing, good sir? Oh, in general, I'm just feeling well, man. It's always positive. Mm-hmm. Another beautiful day alive, so I'm happy. How about yourself? I'm making it, man. You know, life is life. Um, I'm up here breathing, so I can't complain but so much. And uh, ready to, to get down to another episode of uh, this this phenomenon called Power. Speaking of, did you hear that, did you, I don't know if you saw the, the headline, that uh, Courtney Kemp actually stepped down as showrunner. And oh passing yeah, off, yeah. Passing the reins off to someone whose name I do not have in front of me. I'm sorry, to you, sir. Um, but she's she's going to work on something to Netflix. You got a Netflix check? Man, they giving out a lot of checks, so you know more power to her. Um, you always, when a show changes showrunners, you always worry about the direction because um, they might not have the same mindset or same theme as the original, like Courtney was, the original creator of it. Um, right. But it, sometimes it also going to be a positive. Sometimes showrunners come in and improve the little things that we've been wondering were so weird, and they'll fix those little things because they've been an outsider, like an outsider observer. Um, so it, it can be, it can go either way. I guess we just have to wait and see what happens once this new guy comes in. Uh, once we finish this season. Yep. If you if you could send them, if you could send them an email and say, hey, if you don't do nothing. Here's one thing I need you to fix. What is it? What are you? What are you requesting? Uh, get rid of Carrie. You, same thing I always say. They get rid of that character. That'll do the most. I mean, that that'll help me the most. And it also shore up some of these timelines because I'm I still confused as to. They'll say stuff and it doesn't really make sense. So I need them to kind of be more consistent with framing time, how much time has passed, and everything associated with that. I hear that. Uh, well, I can't ask for the same thing you've asked because you already sent your, your email in. I'm going to say get these guys on the same show. Because mm-hmm. this episode in particular, and I might as well use it to segue into my in my overall thoughts um, of the show before we go into detail. Um, this one, while not bad, it didn't quite move me. Because the... And this just could be being over-observant now, but, like, it feels like three different shows, unfortunately. Um, and when you get the the crossing of worlds, the crossover, like the very opening the opening scene with uh, Monet and, and Professor Milgram, it she still feels like she's on a different show. And I, I don't get it. I, I don't know why it feels that way. But uh, what were your initial thoughts on this episode to begin with? Uh, I, yeah, I enjoyed the episode as a whole, but I, you know, I agree. Some of the same stuff that's been haunting it all season is it does feel scattered across the different things. Um, and then also some of the stuff that just didn't make sense. And I'm hoping we can kind of, once we talk, see if we're on the same page when it comes to some of the things or theories that people have out there. Um, but I mean, overall, I, I enjoyed it. At the end of the hour, I was still interested in what was going on and it wasn't too, too bad. So I'm, I'm still giving it a positive grade. And, and disclaimer, to be fair, um, I I watched the episode under 
I guess you could say a little bit of duress. Um, some outside stuff had kind of, kind of, kind of shattered my energy for the evening. Mm-hmm. So by the time I actually got to watch it, um, I could have watched it earlier in the day. I just slacked and didn't do it. But by the time I actually got to watch it, my energy was in a completely different place. Um, definitely not the norm. So uh, be be aware of that. That that's where my my notes and my my viewing came from. Yeah, uh, that can definitely you know, affect you your got, mood. Hmm. How you feel can definitely affect your viewership. Or how you feel about something. Definitely. Um, which normally it doesn't, but you know, life is life. Like I said. Um, and you know, you guys take that into consideration. Uh, please, as we always say, give us feedback on what you guys feel about what we say. You know, your theories and all that good stuff. You know where to reach us. We're not hard to find, and uh, we're not turning nobody away. All right. With that being said, you ready to dive in, sir? Yes, sir. Let's get it. Let's get it. So, like I said, the aforementioned um, <laughs> the crossover. Uh, I feel like their first interaction wasn't as dramatically different as this one. Um, we got <laughs> Professor Milgram waiting in the woods mm-hmm. for who she believed showing up is going to be Zeke, but uh, ends up being a, a setup. Monet runs up on her. Bash the window. I, I, I mean, I, didn't, what, I understand that part. What was the point of that? Intimidation. Uh, you already holding her at gunpoint. Now you're just inconveniencing her. She got to go visit right. the the window shop. Right. Uncalled and, uh, for. Again, like just kind of pointing to them being in different shows because she, you know, not only did she tense up, which is a normal to a degree for some people, it's a normal human response, but like her, her grief, not grief, her fear, just it felt like something out of a soap opera. Meanwhile, uh, Monet was in the correct show. Um, and granted, you know, that's a gamble because who knows she could have been a uh not a docile but like a, a chill new yorker who carried that thing on her so mm-hmm. you know who knows things could have went left there's so many different ways it could have gone but like the way they they decide to make their acting choices and their direction choices it just made it seem like this big angry lady just stormed into her castle and, and you know it i don't know it just it just felt a little off but mm-hmm. um we pretty much get Monet laying down the law that like, look, you're you're a, you're pretty much in this, even though I told you to get out of it. You work for me now, so you need to get on the, get on the team and figure out who killed uh, Jabari because we know it wasn't Zeke, and you you know you're just as much a part of this mess as we are. Um, what did you What did you think about that real quick and going into the janky lawyers uh, morning meeting? Oh, yeah, I mean, I disagree with you. I think it was very soap opery or very, uh, uh, what is it, a horror movie, kind of damsel horror movie, big bad, right. um, you know, end scene. Um, so, I mean, you're right. The show does seem kind of all over the place when it comes to that. But, I, you know, for the most part, it was an okay scene just to the fact that I enjoy, I enjoy the fact that Monet is the one getting her hands dirty. She's like the ghost of, well, you know, the original ghost. Because as the head, you know, normally you would send like Kane or somebody to scare this lady, but she is always constantly like in the middle of the mix. So I like that about her. So it was a strong start, even though it was goofy. Yeah, even though uh, it would be the beginning of her rampage through the episode. Goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get our our morning meeting with the janky lawyers discussing, you know, Ferraris. Right. Another goofy kind of scene. <laughs> 
it it's kind of funny it's a little out of place in the show but it it's kind of funny it's you know i think they're they're trying to give us more of them together because they do have nice chemistry and i think some of it is them showing that like these two could be um obviously not in the same lane but they could be this iteration's um spank and uh and two bit yeah it's kind of like buddy cop you know like buddy exactly exactly um but you know just from a just from a different angle uh but it it does is as entertaining as it can be it it can feel a little a a little weird um we have sax you know and I, I and I'll get to it a little later, but like we have Sachs questioning, you know, motives and all that, because he's still as though as shady as he was and is, uh, he's still in his mind feels like he's he wants to do things the right way, um, even when uh, White Pants Tariq walks in <laughs> and uh, gives them just enough info, you know what I mean, to you know point them in a different direction. As well as the fact that Sachs is right to question Tariq's involvement because he's got a track record of just death and destruction, and him, you know, skirting off Scott Sweet, uh, Scott Free. What did you think about that scene? Yeah, I think, uh, like you were saying, I think Sachs is very much in this. I think Sachs, they don't really talk about his, his story, but I feel like he's one of them guys that really got in the law, think he was going to help people or put away the bad guys, and now he's just. Very, very uncomfortable on the opposite end where he is not using law to put away the bad guys, but to get to help them get away, even if he knows they're wrong. And I think, you know, Davis is trying to teach him, hey, money is money. We build by the high profile case. And it doesn't matter what they do or didn't do. They got a right to a fair trial, and that's all we can offer them. Um, right. So I, I like to see the kind of add a new um, thing to uh, Sax's character other than just being the, you know, the dirty, the dirty fed that's, that's doing whatever he can to get the bad guys. So I, I like this tortured sax a little bit. And we see, yeah. you know, he keeps keep creeping closer and closer to her dark side, and we want to see if he's eventually going to fall over that cliff. Yep. Uh, definitely a good observation, because it's coming. One way or another. Like, the, the, the ultimate choice has to be made. So mm-hmm. it's going to be fun to watch the ride. Uh, so we go down to Stansfield where uh, there's been a bit of a regime change. Not that we ever really saw the dean um, or whoever was in charge of the school after the first episode, uh, but he out of there because things are hot on campus. So he's, one way or another, he had to get up out of there. Um, you remember the, wasn't the dean his teacher at first? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Um, what Didn't it used to be a white teacher? I thought it was, I think it was, a, yeah, I think it was a white dude. Um I think well, I think the white dude was like the head of the department. Okay, I just remember he used to be around the, and they the, stopped. Wait a minute, I thought the dean was a was a was like a lady, wasn't he a black lady? Man, I don't know. Don't stop mm. me to lie. Either way, we ain't seen him since like the first two episodes. Um, but we get we get our Fantastic Four called in. Uh, Detective Dickman, Tate's there. Professor Tate, which they really need. I mean, adjunct professor at most. Um. Professor Milgram and Simon Stern, who is all about the Stansfield brand. Um, I wouldn't mind a prequel little mini series, maybe like three episodes on, on Simon Stern's uh, adventures mm-hmm. uh, because the man is connected and when he speaks, shit happens. 
So I, I'm I'm curious as to you know how he's able to just pretty much come and go as he please, uh, lay down the law and keep it pushing because that's exactly what he did. Um, he let them know that there was going to be a drug sweep, and as soon as, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh shit, that's not good. Which you know the uh, what did we say the the checkoff gun. Um, we now we would find out what happened to the weed and the pill. Now did they put it um, on straw? Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think about that big exchange? Man, I just for once in my life, one day to be a rich white man, mm-hmm. like it was so crazy. He was telling everybody what to do, like he was in charge of the entire world, and dared them to say something about it. And it was just, I just uh, couldn't imagine being able to do that. And I was just like, for one day to see that kind of power. Um, but like I said, he 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 pretty much dictated everything that happened. He we. He's running the school. He can get anybody to the school that he wants. He is doing everything to maintain, I guess, the brand of the school. And he even got the power to tell New York police officers how to conduct their investigation into a murder. Um, so, I mean, I was just in awe of it. So, it was a, you know, for, for his standpoint, they did the great job setting up that he's all-powerful. Yeah. Like, with a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't take orders from you. Boy, everybody takes orders yeah, from me. That was a great line. <laughs> like, I know your boss is boss. Like, he is the, like, he don't ask for the manager. He already knows the manager. Like, that's that's his level of ridiculous pull. Uh, we also get Carrie kind of dipping into her Olivia Pope just a little bit with, um, you know, giving her her little, I guess, I don't know, her, a little peek at her her time as an I guess a defense attorney, um, somewhere in the law field before a practicing lawyer. I think she worked in the DA's office. Yeah, with pretty much you know tying everything away from trying to no prosecution's off. She worked with the lady because she worked with uh, the the one Saxon banging. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. So she that. makes a she calls her messy. Yeah, yeah. To <laughs> which Sax was like, I mean, pot meat kettle because you know. We about to do it as soon as I finish this drink. Um, but we get Tate again, being just being a slime ball, like kicking this woman while she's down, and just being the ultimate slime ball. You, you know, I, I feel like they're gonna take it too far with him, where he's gonna try and leverage like a date or something like that. That's gonna be way too much. But it, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um. So we get Davis playing hardball with the money. He wants a mill for the, you know, for Zeke's defense. I mean, he when he broke down his reasoning, I mean, I get it, but golly, he I didn't even make charge yet. And a million, he, right. This was a million dollars to get him not to get charged by the police. Exactly. Not, like how much you got to pay for his actual defense if you know they actually arrest him? And and that's probably why he, you know, he upcharges. Um, cause he's, you know, if it don't go to trial, he's pretty much done. He's like, well, I can't charge you for nothing else if I, if we don't go to trial. So if I'm a, if I get you away from the courtroom, I'm definitely going to gouge you for as much money as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, like I said, he's playing hardball with Milnay and we find out that her stash is gone, which I was like, who in the world would dare do that? Um, the rampage continues because poor contractor man who and it's fucked up he he, he didn't do it like mm-hmm. it's messed up because he didn't do it gets shot again in broad daylight and 
got his ear ripped off, which that was a bit much. Yeah, that was wild. Because at first I didn't even, you know, I was kind of halfway looking at the screen. I didn't even notice his ear. And then I was like, oh, my God, is that his ear? I guess that uh, Monet don't play about our money. Nothing else. And he said another, like I said, another broad daylight murder. Which. Out in the open. Yeah. Not a cloud in the sky. And this, I, this was, if at most you could see, like, this is where um, Kane gets his hot-headedness. Because mm-hmm. uh, we find out eventually, well, actually it might not be. But still, she's definitely a part of it. Um it, that was that was rough because that's a whole body on her hands that um, didn't need to happen. So that gives way to her laying down the law with the family. It's go time. We need to get this money. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of that, we find out Diana took the money and paid Davis to work on getting her father out of jail. Right. What did you think about that twist? Because holy shit! You know, I didn't I didn't catch that until like later. In the moment, I thought she just uh, gave him some money, but I was like, by the end of the episode, I was like, damn, she did take the money because that's what she got. She needed the money to pay Davis. Um, so I, I didn't recognize it in the moment, but now that I think about it, it's like, wow, man, these kids are really getting bold with their interactions with their mother. Now they yeah. stealing from her, where they at least there's two or three that have stolen from her, um, and they constantly going behind her back. So I don't know if Monet's grip on her children is as tight as it used to be. Um, I did want to say something about this scene. I feel like this is a, a, a recycled storyline. This seems exactly like what happened when Tariq got kidnapped and they had like, uh, what, like 24 hours or whatever it was to get the ransom. So I was like, this is, you know, I feel like we've been down this path before. So I was like, yeah. Okay. Um, if we go with that, who executed it better? Well, at least in the other one, they got the money. <laughs> this one, they didn't even get close to the money. So I'm going to go with uh, the original ones. Um uh-huh. But oh, you mean as far as the actual plans? No, just the, just the way oh, it was executed not, on screen. Not uh, oh how how the, which show did it better? I'm still gonna say the original. Okay, I'm gonna I, say I the original. That. But it was still I both was like I was like this yeah this is, I mean it is it's just recycled it's the same we got a, all of a sudden we did a, a huge sum of money in a short deadline and then they kind of go through a bunch of capers to kind of get to them. Well, the plan is to go out, get the money. Um, Drew has to babysit Zeke, who, it, which was, I, I like the fact that Drew, even though he's not really down for, you know, the life, he stepped up and was like, I could do more than babysit. And she was like, just stay here. And it could have been just one of those things where she felt like he's the best one to be able to keep Zeke in check and, you know, but like, you know, not bouncing off the walls. Um, or she could be protecting him because she knows he hasn't fully recovered from that gunshot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, we, well, I mean, it, what is it? It is what it is. Uh, this gives way to the our our uh, you know our standard classroom scene where they they make themselves official as a couple, which it made me think back to college. I was like, I don't remember anybody doing that, like walking in hand in hand. Um, into class. Nah, I was like, just taking it back to like the 1950s or something. Exactly. Nobody be doing all that. Exactly. Um, like, and they held hands during Ooh, the lecture. Class. Right. Yeah, I was like, that's that's a bit much. Like, that it almost felt like they were. It was like, okay, let's hammer it home that they're an item. 
just in case we kind of gloss over it the next episode and a half. Right. I uh, mean, the fact that they had uh, Bruce Chandria yelling out, Dad, like, like it's a national news. Right. Like, nobody would do that in real life. Nobody would care to these two or a couple. You don't got to announce to the whole class. Right. Um, the, to be honest, this week's discussion, um, it didn't, it didn't really stick out to me. It was pretty, it was pretty quick. And it actually, for one of the first few times, it actually put Tariq in a space where he had to ponder it. He didn't have the immediate right answer. Um, how, how did you feel about just that scene in general? I'm, I'm sorry, man. My whole notes just, I mean, I be forgetting to talk. Oh no, I'm lying. I was about to say, I forgot. I didn't, I didn't write down what they talked about. Uh, they were talking about that kid, the end justified the means. Um, I didn't write anything that, that's making me pop as to what they said. I know it ended with Lauren saying, you can't really call yourself a good person. If you like constantly, I can't remember. My mind is blank right there. I swear I got to start writing down that lectures because we got to get deep into those. Sometimes we have some good stuff, but I, I, I can't even do it this week. What you yeah. think about it though? Um, I, I like that it, it really made him think like he, you know, he actually was the one who got schooled a bit on this one. Um, so, you know, but I, like I said, I can't fully remember. It was a very quick debate this time around. Um, but this gives way to Detective Dickman meeting his new partner in this endeavor. Brother Tate. Brother Kamal Tate. Um, which I'm wondering if it actually was a coincidence. Because even even when they when it comes up later with um Rashad Tate, like he he just says it was a coincidence, but like he doesn't he doesn't do it in his usual slime volley like it's a coincidence, right. wink, wink, bunny ears. Like it, this may very well be just like a no. This is just kind of how this happened. Like he got, you know, he got his promotion, and he was assigned to you. Yeah, uh, or but Stern like might be involved. You never know. This is true. This is very true. Because he just kind of flexed how he knew the commissioner. So, I, I mean, they didn't. You know, there's no indication of that. But I wouldn't be shocked if we later learned that it's more than just a coincidence that these two are all a part of the same investigation. And uh, one the new investigator just happens to be the brother of the guy he brought in to help fix the situation or put a good right. face on it. So right. we might sleep, find out later Stern is behind it. And, but I do like the fact that uh, that Tate, we got to get him a new nickname, Kamal. Kamal Tate. Is he big brother or little brother? He's the older brother. He's older brother. Uh, big bro. He put, he told Dickman, like, look, Watch your mouth, <laughs> like talking to me any kind of way. Like I like that he he didn't back down from that out from him at all. He was like, yeah, this may be my first day, but I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Right. And you're not gonna just you know dismiss me like I'm some scrub out here. Well, you know, uh, I always applaud when you stand up for the man. And it right. reminded me because I had something similar happen to me at work. It was through email though. Some dude was trying to cuss in the email to me. I was like, bro, you can you you know watch how you talk to people. You know, res- you know we gotta be res- especially in a professional setting. And don't say nothing you wouldn't say to nobody in the street. Like, if you wouldn't tell me, shut the hell up, don't, uh, you know, just because we at work, then don't do it. I mean, outside of work, don't do it because we in work. Because, you know, somebody can't, like, do something to you. But, yeah, I mean, him standing for himself was one of the best parts of that entire scene. Um, but it also kind of set up their little contemptuous relationship. Um, and I'm glad he's calling out the fact that this white dude is so hell-bent on just one theory. He's not trying to really be an investigator. He's just saying, this is what I believe it is. And he's ignoring any type of evidence that may push away from that. So I'm glad they got Tate in there. Yeah. Agree. Agree. So we this gives way to Mecca 
um, pretty much hearing Kane's story. They're like, look, man, some stuff's going down with my family. And this is where it gets a little interesting. Like, you got Mecca, who, who's at one moment will present himself as hardcore, ruthless overlord. But at the drop of a dime could be Mr. Karen. You know what? You got to take care of your family. But also, you can help me because, you know, I'm evil and Lex Luthor. Uh, what did you think about, especially especially now that we know the the outcome, like what did you think about just kind of him first trying to, you know, put the fear into him and then, but also like kind of offering up like some help as long, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours in mm-hmm. the delivery. What did you think about that? I mean, like I say, he always comes off as very evil supervillain in every scene that he's in, especially the ones where he's talking about like the criminal stuff. Um, but I think he also kind of doing this, like trying to, like, he's trying to do this thing that he's teaching Kane, but also trying to like get him closer to him by like saying something harsh to him. And then like, then turning right around and doing something that's helpful to him or, or at least appears to be helpful to him. And I think that's what they do in almost every scene. It's always, uh, you know, Kane says something I need to do. I need to step away for X, Y, and Z. And then Mecca finds a reason to insult him. And let him know he's not really ready for this, but then also find him a way to get right back into the mix of it all. So I don't know if that's like his way of bonding with him or getting more control with him or or whatever it is going to be that leads up to these relationships that we find out towards the end of the episode. Indeed. So he he gets his orders. Um, I got somebody that's trying to move in on on what's mine. Right. Mighty convenient. That comes up when they're on a heist mission. Exactly. And I also want, you know, I also want his money. Anything over this amount, you can keep. You can do what you need to do. Um, we get a, we get a quick phone call between Tariq and um, and uh, Yaz, who seems to be getting taller each episode. Mm-hmm. Um, she's gonna be taller than him, right? By the beginning of next season. Whoever um, Yaz, uh, the agents for the actress must have finally started doing their job because we didn't ever see <laughs> Yaz. And now she's just getting she getting uh, scenes that we don't even need. We didn't need her to be in. He could have picked up the phone and just had a fake con- one-way conversation with her. But they must have finally got her life so check. So good for her. And then, of course, we, we get a little little reveal that um, Big Mama's been buying scratchers. Because that threw me off for a second. I was like, what is she talking about? But it it clicks with Tariq that she's spending her money on. Lotto well, tickets. Yeah, she's spending the... <laughs> The uh, the money that Ghost left to take care of them on lotto tickets and at this point booze and stuff like that. Um, we get a quick scene of Kane, Boogeyman, and uh, Brayden looking for Tariq. Right, he's always in their room, man. They got to get a better lock, man. Yeah, exactly. Because like you can clearly just walk through that joint. He can clearly just walk through, and does a good job of literally two birds with one stone like okay the guy I need isn't here but I can continue my side project of turning you against him and getting you in deeper so sure uh, you with me any any quick well we can say that for, for their later hijinks yeah it's easy to uh, talk about it at one time so we, we pretty much we touched on this earlier but we get Saks with and this is bad we gotta learn this lady's name because they're actually giving her more of a bigger part in mm-hmm. this than than last season so 
uh, apologies to that actress. I, I, <laughs> we got to start keeping IMDb up. For we'll learn it. Doing, we'll learn it for the next one. Yeah, but um, the sacks pretty much laying the seeds. Um, no pun intended. Of uh, pretty much getting her to go a certain route, but also doing it in a in a way that it's like he's he's coming off as though he's genuinely trying to help her, but also work on getting info um, that he needs. And the the character development of Sax in this particular season, I would have loved to have seen it in the first series, but there there was no space for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of glad that we're seeing it now. We're seeing the the inner conflict, but also a bit of his resolve to be like, no, to kind of prove to Davis that he can do this, but also can he do this? Um, any any particular any anything else you want to go on with that scene? No, no, no. I think you I think you hit it good. Summed right. it up perfectly. Okay. So from there, unfortunately, Lauren went. Lauren was part of the drug bust, which is so messed up in the grand scheme of things, because she literally didn't put it there. She it literally was not hers. Um, but she's also no snitch, and. But she also one of these dummies. Like, stop talking to the police, especially if, if they know if you know they found something on you, because especially and they trying to scare her. But she from a rich, wealthy family, and she is black. But money can change a little bit of things, and she's not gonna get into no big trouble with this. Oh, they gotta stop scaring these kids so easily. You can always ask for a lawyer, and you don't have to talk to the police. Don't let them scare you. Well, That's a PSA. You gotta stop at the drop of hat calling them dummies like they're they're still scared teenagers but here's the thing again she didn't she didn't necessarily talk like she didn't give anything up for one she went um, a wire at the that's that's what she gave into like i'm getting to that mm. in the grand scheme of things she didn't she didn't say anything you know what i'm saying she and they didn't really have anything on her so well aside from the drugs so he used what leverage you know what I'm saying? That he could. And that was, I'm going to threaten you getting kicked out of school. The grimy part is that Professor Milgram was the one who really preyed on it and used her personality and her relationship and knowledge of her personality to get her to wear that wire. And okay. that's where we, she's taking this sort of Olivia Pope turn where she going she gonna to play the game to get what she wants and unfortunately used her relationship with Lauren as a piece of that. That's what I thought was messed up mm-hmm. um, because there, I'm sure there was a way that and it, it started out so innocent. It almost started out like when she was talking to uh, Big Brother Tate that she was like, you know, she's just she's a scared black girl. Um, like, don't you know, you know better than this, you know, like, you know how the law does us like don't come down on her hard like that. And, you know, Tate's like, look, I get it, but I'm doing my job. But she's still, Professor Milgram was the one to exploit the fact that, like, okay, we can use her to to see if we can, you know, nab somebody else. Um, but even still, as we saw later, she, she takes the wire off, at least around Tariq. And granted, she don't know anything, but I think the fact that there's something there she still was like, okay, at the if I can't 
protect everyone. I'm at least protect Tariq. So mm-hmm. you still got to give her some points on that, at the very least. Indeed, but you know she just was foolish, and like you know, we see what happened when people were wise on the show. I hope nothing bad don't happen to Lauren, getting herself involved in this mess. I would say she probably hasn't seen. You got to remember, she's probably the type of girl that was raised to, and was pretty much trained to, you know, obey the police. Um, you've seen her parents. Granted, I'm sure the resistance that we saw in there was her uh, coming into her own, you know what I'm saying, perception of the world. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm I can almost guarantee she, at a very young age, was always told to obey the police. Oh, you know, no doubt. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I understand where you're coming from, but, you know, you can't keep bombing on these kids, man, especially when they're doing what, you know, they've been kind of taught to do at an early age. And most of them have never been in these situations. There ain't no way Lauren's been dodging the police. And we know Tariq is, I mean, not Tariq, Zeke is that that kid they made stay out of trouble. And they they did their best up until, the, you know, the club incident to keep trouble, you know, away from him. And up until Zeke's interview later, I feel like they did. I feel like they did all right. Um, so yeah, that scene gives way to crap. What happened right after that? Oh, we get Tariq meeting with the uh, with the cons- conservator. Yeah, Con- the lawyer guy who's uh who's yeah conservator of the wheel. I guess that's what they call it. Actor. I just call him dude from the Cosby Show. Yep, getting another check. Good for him. Yep. Have to sit there, drink some wine, eat what might have been some real food or something. A little what, two three minute uh, scene. Right. Maybe got my next check. That's that's a uh, rent for the month. I don't know. Pretty much payday. Yeah, but uh, you know, basically Tariq is forcing him into supporting his decision to get the uh, his young daughter custody of his young daughter. Um, he didn't. He didn't seem open to it. He didn't want to really do it, and he kind of just played off grandma's. Dialing he says is just kind of stress as yeah. opposed to he has really been in any real trouble. Yeah. Uh, but Tariq is like he knows more than that. He knows the real deal. And he has he has that's that's become his mission in life. Um getting his um his sister off. So, uh, I will talk about it at the end, but Tariq really was like a secondary character in his own TV show this week though. He, he kinda he was. Nothing really happened with him this week. Nothing, he was barely nothing in it. Too big, yeah. Which I mean that that ha- Every now and then that would happen in, in book one. Um, but yeah, this did feel like he was just sort of... It was it was an episode for everybody else, which I'm not necessarily mad at, to be no, honest. they were really trying to expand their universe. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think they did an okay job of balancing it out. Like, we, we would check in with him every now and then. Um, but just... It was the hot Abby, though. Yeah. Which I'm yeah. not complaining about. I, I enjoy them as, as characters. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was a good job of... Um, doing what a lot of shows kind of fail on where it's just like it's the Tariq show whereas like no there's other people in his universe and they do other stuff when he's you know trying to when he's avoiding them mm-hmm. <laughs> and dodging their text messages um, it actually felt kind of good to see a few of them ignoring his text messages um, so speaking of people in his in his life doing their own thing we get Braden getting his getting another taste of the real shit um, going on a lick with, with Kane and getting his car shot up, which I'm wondering that's got to come back into play at some point. They they put bullet holes all in the side of that thing. Um, what did you feel about that and just 
him pretty much enjoying it way too much. Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying what he's into now. Because uh, you know, I was always questioning why would this rich kid want to be so involved in this? He's not really doing it for the money. He's doing it for the excitement of it all. Yeah. He finds all these things probably so different from the life he experienced coming up. It's like the total opposite end of it. You know, he's probably going skiing and country club tennis and golfing, um, with, which he doesn't find exciting to getting involved in shootouts that he's actively placing himself into. So I, I'm finally seeing Braden's motivation to be involved in all this foolishness. Yeah, which still, still don't agree with it, though. Oh, yeah, not at all. I definitely feel like I, I've mentioned that one of these seasons or one of these episodes in the past. But like, yeah, like he don't need it. He he finds it fascinating. Like it's it's a whole a whole new world that you know he kind of knew existed but was never never up until this point there was no way he was going to actually be a part of it um and not only is he a part of it he's actually been invited into it like he's he's in it now um but yeah as you said definitely doesn't justify anything he's he's a he's a rich white boy um having fun which is always a dangerous thing uh for many a reason um but we get a quick scene with Monet and Lorenzo and Monet is asking, um, what was it? They're trying to, were they trying to take a loan out on the house? Uh, mortgage the house. Yeah. The to, mortgage to out pay, the house. To get the million dollars for leak. Uh, what's his face? Legal fees. It's for Zeke, uh, legal fees to which Lorenzo puts his foot down. And is like, Nope, not doing it. Uh, why don't you take the money from the state, from the safe? Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel about that exchange? It didn't, I mean, I got it, but like it, it wasn't that big for me. It, it wasn't huge. I think it was just kind of there to show the ever-growing gap between the two. So that's why it was so short and sweet. And it's just it's just more of them fighting, which it seems to be more and more all they seem to do on their visits. So I think it was just to show, push her further away from Lorenzo and closer and closer to Mecca. And but he right, though. I wouldn't give her the money either. And they are, you know, they seem to be the brokest drug dealers on earth. But that seems like a recurring theme on this show. Yeah. I do find, well, not interesting, but it, it semi-makes sense. But, like, Lorenzo really hasn't said a word about Zeke. So, to a degree, outside of his kids, he seems like he could care less about Zeke. Like, I, if Zeke did go down for this, I don't think Lorenzo would bat an eye, which um, Monet has every right to be upset about. Because although Zeke is her nephew, it's borderline, like... He's borderline like one of her sons. Mm-hmm. And then you add in the fact that like that is her blood family. And it's like all the BS aside, I'd, I'd feel horrible if I took, you know, care of my, you know, my sister or, or brother. Because we don't know anything about his his parents for real, for real. Um, if I said at some point I'm going to take care of them and they get locked up over some shit that they legitimately didn't do on, on my watch. Um, I, I genuinely feel bad about them. And I think that's what she's going through right now. Um, but yeah, that was an, that was an interesting scene, which gives way to Drew and Zeke, uh, watching the prices, right. And you know, uh, the news. And I was like, good for Drew because it seems like he's still talking to Everett. Uh, but that, as the scene goes on, turns into, damn, sorry, Drew. Uh, we get a Jamel Hill sighting, mm-hmm. which initially I was just like, okay, good for her, but yeah, it we turns would end up seeing her. As we know. Yeah, well, I was like, good for her. That's what's up. Uh, how did you feel about that scene 
leading into Drew and Everett reconnecting. Because I was wondering if Everett was going to come back into the show, but in because I think he popped up on another show, like a CW show. No, no, no. It's um, always good to get as many checks as you can. Exactly. Space but when I saw him, I was like, well, is he going to come back? Or did they get rid of him like the other black dude from the classroom? Uh, but he's back. Yeah. And they're still trying to make things work. How did you feel about that, that scene and the fallout? I know, this was crazy. I never seen somebody literally, I guess they were having makeup sex to go back to being back broken up in less than like two minutes. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was literally like a three minutes. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's all going. It's always going to come back to anybody in these relationships with these people. It's the harder family. It's always going to have these weird interactions because they can only be so honest about their don't. You know what they do, and it's always going to lead to this, these constant strifes. Um, but you see, where not just the harder. You see the same thing with Tariq. He's always having the. He can't really give his all to Lauren, so it always leads to these weird fights and these weird misunderstandings. Or getting upset because they talk too much about something they shouldn't be talking about, but they don't know enough to talk not to talk about it because their partner is not giving them all the information. So I, I mean, it was a good scene. Uh, like I said, I'm always happy when they give love scenes to same-sex couples and not just always to women uh, because I feel like it is kind of like for quality's sake. Um, and then I like the fact that they can fight and then break up and two seconds later, and it's all in line of with the uh, helps the storyline prosper. So it's also not just sex for the sake of shock value. So I, I'm into it all. It was, it was a good scene. I hear that. Speaking of another good scene, we get our new Thelma and Louise out here. Oh, yeah, I didn't recognize who that was at first. I didn't recognize Effie at all. And I'm glad they made Diana say, you don't even look like yourself. <laughs> like, I, I appreciate that. Because I had to rewind it. I was like, oh, shit, that is Effie. Um... But I, I enjoyed this scene because it's pretty much, like I said, the new Thelma and Louise bonding over not fucking with Tariq, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I thought was a really good point of, especially Effie just kind of reiterating, like, look, like, Tariq isn't going to be good for you, which you see a little bit of disappointment in Diana because she definitely was feeling him. But I, I like that. And unfortunately, because just predictive, predictable writing she's gonna make a move on him at some point just cuz she has no need to it would it would be the best thing for her to just kind of focus on being her own boss uh, at least within her within herself uh, but predictable writing states that at some point she's gonna try and make a pass or put in her bid on Tariq um, and it's either gonna cause some friction immediately like by them being discovered or there's going to be like an internal conflict of like keeping it a secret or something like that. Um, but their scheme is they're going to get to boosting. They're going to buy a bunch of clothes on um, on these uh, fake credit cards. And Effie's going to slide it to her guy and they're going to get their money. Um, which at some point we got to we almost need an Effie backstory because she's connected yeah, and she's the queen of games. You yeah, thought she was just she, a drug dealer. Exactly. Like she's been she's been about this for a while, which makes me wonder like was she actually laying low at a what was it, Choke? Mm -hmm. Or was she, you know, Well, we never she, found out who she was working with at Choke. Remember she exactly. busted Sharif to get rid of the competition. Exactly, cuz I was thinking about that too. If we don't get that by the end of this universe, they they definitely have a a huge thread that they need clothes. Um, what did you feel about that scene? Um, yeah, so I mean, 
I, I was all into the fuck the Tariq stuff. But I think it was setting up an opposite switch. I think, remember a couple episodes they revealed to us that Effie was bisexual? Mm-hmm. I think they setting up a Diane and Effie romance down the line. I could see that. I think it was more like that because I feel like they get, they're going to be closer and closer, flirty. You know, they're not doing no real flirting in this. They, you know, they might have Google it, but I think it's going to be some flirting. It's going to turn into something. And the fact that they was making it such an emphasis on Diana being a virgin, mm-hmm. I think that's going to come back in, in some type of way. And it may be, you know, maybe she does make a shot of Tariq, but I also can see them going down the path of her and Effie becoming some type of dynamic duo. I can see that because there was, I think at the end of that scene, she, it, it was, it was in the delivery of make sure whatever man, like there was a lot of emphasis on, you know, whatever man you decide to give it to, he's worth it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like not in the sense of, you know, make sure that nigga ain't Tariq. It's main, it mainly felt like whoever you give it to, make sure they're worth it. Right. And you, great acting on I'm going to learn her I'm, we're going to learn actor names <laughs> at some point uh, but great great acting on the, the part of the actress playing Diana who kind of gives like a little bit of a just enough space for her to, to almost be considering like well what if it's you you know what I'm saying so I'm right there with you on that I'm definitely right there with you on that um, anything else on that scene nope, nope. alright well this scene gives way to uh, the, my notes pretty much say Drew knocks out a reporter. <laughs> hey, me too. <laughs> what uh, what is there to discuss? Uh, some somebody gets to Z Ted, which is just like well, so, so goofy yeah. Zeke. He would have been. He, he one had no point. He had no business being outside. But you know, it, it, this it, was it was like thing. when um it's my bad. I was like when Monet was was saying I was for Drew, like when she was like babysit Zeke. I was like you know he a grown man. He don't really need to be babysit. But this scene shows the fact that he is incapable of going through any part of his life without just being a goofy mess. Um, you know, why would he be even outside knowing he's under these 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 allegations? So he's just a goofball. I think while he is a goofball, I think that was lazy writing. I think they needed they needed a reason for Drew to make things hotter. Um, I don't like Zeke isn't the smartest, but. I think he's. I think he was smart enough to know that, like you know, you could end this by just going back inside. Um, but like, I think I think this is him being betrayed by the writers. Like instead of just having him, you know, not be out there, um, they just had him s- sitting outside, five feet away from the dude, ignoring him, which is just they made they they made him look dumb in that part. But also, you need. I mean. Yeah, it's them betraying betraying him, because you could have got that same effect with this guy just kind of hanging outside, with Zeke being inside, and having the dialogue being between Drew and the reporter, and then Drew knocking him out. Um, I think that I think the writers just kind of, you know, betrayed him and made him look like a dumb child, which you know some of the the questionable things they have him do already does that. This was just kind of. It was kind of easy. It's just sort of easy to me. Uh, so we get we get the money being brought in, and uh, we find out that it's not quite enough. Um, Monet's still not satisfied after this man then got shot at to get some more money. Kane, that is. Um, her talking trash to Drew, but his his little GoFundMe stunt, you know, actually got them more money. money. He got the most money. 
Uh, I like the fact that Davis was like, you gonna knock, you gonna knock me out too? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but we also get Drew storming out. Like, he's he's over it. He's been over it. Um, how did you feel about that scene as well as Davis's plan that, like, uh, yeah, he got to go, he got to testify. Right. Like, not testify, excuse me. He has to do an interview. Interview, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just so funny. Monet is just always, like, Monet was the only one that didn't probably earn any money to any of them, but she's yelling at them about the fact that they aren't doing enough to get the family right. And it even came, was like, I'm going to try to get some more. And she made it seem like she was thanking them just to insult them some more. So they, I mean, the harshness that she has on these kids um, and always on them about the mistakes that they make when she's the one that's constantly making the most mistakes is crazy as I don't know what. Um, and then the Davis thing is, like, I still don't understand why he's doing half the stuff he's doing because he hasn't got the money. And in the past, he wasn't doing anything for Tariq without getting paid. So I'm, 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 maybe he just sees Zeke as a dollar sign because he knows he might be an NBA player one day. But I'm surprised he's doing as much as he is doing when, to this date, no one has paid him. And he doesn't seem like the guy that does stuff for free. Yep. So that gives way to we get a, a hard, hard pill for, for Tariq to swallow. That uh, Granny been, Big Mama been, she been falling. Uh, he got security camera of her just down bad in a convenience store knocking ass over clearly out of it um yeah they really it, going in on this I big mean, mama being it, a drunk thing because i thought it was okay she was just what? drinking i said they're really going hard into this big mama thing yeah because now she's beating the ass or you know not beating her beating her but at least pushing her down her getting up, physical yeah. with her yeah they already laying heavy into this so i want to see how this gonna play out yeah it's it's rough it's rough like i would have preferred you know another avenue definitely a preferred another avenue um but uh we get Braden kind of doing the thing that he got on Tariq about in the first season about not being open and honest with him uh, especially about Kane um that was one of the things that he was he was very adamant about it's like dude if they come if they come over here you need to tell me uh the chess pieces aren't up anymore but He's masquerading it as, you know, he's running around with some chicks and he's out being in uh, Kane's Robin to his Batman. And speaking of Robin, this was this was this was a long shot um, for him to to set that up, to go into this jewelry store and open faced, pull a gun on this dude. They clearly leave him. I mean, even though Kane, you know, Desperado shoots out the cameras, that that still was like super risky. Like I feel like he's exposed, right? And I feel like because shoot I the feel camera like this don't gonna come back. She yeah. shot the cameras out, but he was already in the store. Yeah, exactly. So those cameras already seen. I mean, he also put his black card with his name on it up to the glass. So the, yeah. I mean, the clerk probably won't remember his name. You know, given all the nature of what happened to him, the trauma of it all, but. They, if nothing else, they got to have at least his face. Um, but it's shown the recklessness of this boy. Like, he... It's one thing to say, let's go in here and rob this store. It's another thing for you to do it barefaced and don't even pretend like you're just a victim. Like, the Kirk knows you are part of the robbery because you pull a gun out. As opposed to just, like, finding a way to let Kane sneak in uh, or leave the door unlocked. And it just seems like you're not a part of it. But, you know, I guess Braden don't care. He reckless. He down to do anything as long as he get a little thrill from it. 
definitely rough definitely rough so this gives way to uh, Big Brother Tate contributing to this case being like hey Zeke wasn't wasn't a part of this this is where he was and you can't really do anything with this which gives way to Davis and Tariq going to prep Zeke for this interview and uh, we might as well just go ahead because was, there wasn't too much into those scenes. It, it wasn't, uh, but it, it is shocking that they would let. Why is Tariq an expert on how to answer interview questions? Like, why did they go to him as the source? Like, Davis in the past has used like professionals when they were trying to get Tasha ready for the witness stand. So why are they just letting Tariq, a, a regular college kid, be the one to write the question responses? That's the only part of the whole scene that I didn't understand. But you know, nothing major happened really. Um. I don't think it was more so that. I think it was he he spent a big part of the semester like getting getting to know Zeke. So like, but they transitioned him, it though because they start with Tariq answering the question and then yeah, switches yeah. to live into the interview with him finishing the statement. Yeah, but like I think he he knows he knows Zeke well enough to tailor the answers to how Zeke would be able to present it. Which he was doing fine, right? Until all hell breaks loose. I think and honestly, it was just a way to, to, to um find a way to fit Tariq into the storyline because he 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 wasn't he, he his involvement in this episode was very minor. So I think they would just kind of find a way, you know, looking at it just from an outside, like not in the scope of the show, but just with the writers had to keep him in the scene because it doesn't really make sense. But never mind, moving on. That's neither head on it. Go ahead and go ahead and get into the breakdown where things hit, where shit hits the fan. I mean, I don't know why they trusted him, man. This boy is constantly just being so kind of dopey on the show. Uh, the fact that they had so much faith in him and then have faith a faith in a journalist to uh, answer only the question they asked. I knew this was gonna blow up. I was just curious as to how it was gonna blow up and then what the ramifications the ramifications of it all was gonna be. Um, but we knew once they got Jamel Hill, she wasn't gonna be on there just to ask some some regular questions. She was gonna be a part of some type of twist, and then they gave it to us. And I'm a Jamel Hill fan, so it was cool to see her. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Check out her interview on Questlove Supreme. That's a dope. It's, it's a fun listen. I think it's like two parts too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it he he cracked. He cracked because you know she hit him with a curveball, something he wasn't prepared for, and. He he cracked and it went bad. Uh, he stormed off, cursed everybody out. Right, he was, was going nuts. Oh my gosh! It, it it was like how can you make this any worse? <laughs> and he he found a way, which was just like a, a, a bit of a disservice. Like I would have seen, I would have preferred to see him stumble and maybe stutter it off a little bit. Now he but him just storming out angry, yeah. Like they, you know, to have him drive off a cliff was like that felt like a bit much. Like I feel like that could have been that could have been handled, written better. They could have done that better. Um, I'm wondering if we get to see uh, any more Jamel Hill. Like I'm curious. Um, I, I mean, off top, I don't know if there's that much space for her. Maybe we'll get a, a one off if he if Zeke actually does get drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. It it was, it was a crazy, it was a crazy rough scene, crazy rough scene. So from there, we get Kane spilling the beans, and pretty much confessing that yeah, me and Tariq killed the professor. Mm-hmm. 
um, as well as you know, like, and I had my good reasons. Like he he's he mentioned Drew's name, and I couldn't I couldn't do it. But Tariq was the one who finished it off, and this was kind of his plan. Um, so that leads to Monet's um, ultimatum: like you need to get Ramirez's body. That'll prove that Ramirez isn't involved because of the timeline. And he asked, like, so what if Ramirez comes back on me? She was like, well, you did what you did. So what happens, happens. Mm-hmm. Which, man, that was that was a tough pill. It's, it, she wasn't wrong because Kane in it being hothead is what got, is what, you know, led to him killing Ramirez. So, like, part of this could have been avoided. So yeah, indeed, but it gotta feel bad when your mom is choosing somebody else over you. Yeah. So that can't help their relationship long term. Yeah, definitely not. Especially when, to a degree, he has the one up on the connect. Although we end up finding out that that might not be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts on that before we move on? No, nah, no, nah, we can get it. Well. Grandma comes in swinging. Uh, well, first you got to curse him out from outside the door so he can open it first. Um, she's been served. They, she wants to see him in court. Well, he she wants to see her in court over custody custody of Yaz, which I don't know how that's. I still don't know how that's going to play out. He's a college freshman. Um, I mean, I guess with the right resources, I guess he could get her, especially if if he unfit and she. She is closest guardian. They'll probably want to put her with a legal guardian that's over 18 and put her in the system, but you never know. And I think grandma, you know, she mad because that's her meal ticket. Tasha was her meal ticket in life, and in death, this little girl, all she really got. That's probably why she want to keep her so bad. So how she going to get her scratches? Yeah. And her looked like she was buying box wine, too. Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah, it definitely looked like that. So that was funny. I felt like it was, it was kind of below the belt to bring Raina's name up like that. It was messed up. Um, well, she basically called him the devil. She said every bad thing that ever happened to this family is yeah. because of him. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't want to say every wrong. bad thing, but at least the last couple yeah. of years. He, he's he been at the center of it. So it's like, it's kind of rough because when she says, you think I'm going to let it happen to Yaz, that's a fair point because he's still in it as deep as possible. Uh, it's man rough rough mm-hmm. um, but Tariq's doing what he feels is right so um, we get we get Kane on the run again telling Mecca like hey I'm gonna do this last thing for you uh, but I gotta go I gotta get out of town cause shit's about to get hot um, to which Mecca says hey man um, if you got a fall guy you might not have to leave. And my initial thought when this plays out, I'm thinking he was going to blame it on Braden. Although, and we might as well get into it, uh, Braden helps Kane dig up Ramirez's body. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much for him to grab Ramirez's uh, badge. Do you know whose uh, drawer that was he put it in? Was it Tariq's? Yeah, I don't know. It's one of the drawers in the room, but that's why I say I couldn't tell if he was setting up Braden for the fall guy because he, and I thought that's why he was including Braden 
on the dig up. So if anything is planted, some evidence or something, it'll kind of lead back to Braden. Um, but it could be Tariq because he also got a thing out for Tariq. Yeah. Um, so I, it is going to be curious to see if that, how the badge, you know. I mean, of course, we, you know, somebody probably going to find the badge before the police find it. But it is it will be good to see who he tried to set up there because we don't really know. Again, we, we get another scene of Mecca, you know, offering the sagely wisdom, you know, at his convenience, of course. Yeah. Good um, fatherly advice. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so we find out that Kane, not Kane, excuse me. We find out that Everett is pissed, rightfully so, because Zeke blows up on camera, and that makes the whole team look bad because not only did they set up the coach of the team, set up a GoFundMe, they protested. Yeah, they forfeited a game. Forfeited a game. Even though I'm not sure what them forfeiting the game game has to do with anything. Who are they? How does them losing a basketball game? Who are they fighting against again? Because right now nothing has happened to Zeke, other than he is a possible suspect in the crime. But it's not like they arrested him. It's not like they have hurt him against his will. Nothing. He's trying to clear his name before anything actually bad happened to him. So I don't know why they were protesting. Because um, they were like, free Zeke, but free him from what? He is free. I think it was, I don't know. If, did they say free Zeke? I know. I thought, I feel I like it was on the IG video, whatever it was. Them they, being like, they posted. you know, leave Zeke alone or let oh, him play maybe. or something like that. But they stood up for him. And then he he crumbled. And he he made himself look guilty. Oh, he looked like a fool. Um, but we get a... We get them, Drew and Everett, Everett having their moment where Everett gets a free pass to ask some questions. And at that moment, I knew Drew's going to get Everett killed. <laughs> I, I just feel it. He's going to get killed or he's going to get maimed. And he ain't going to the, he ain't going to the, to the draft. <laughs> he's going to get a serious injury. Yeah, that probably be worse. going to be on Drew. Yeah. Um, any, any thoughts on that scene? Yeah, I mean, it was just like an odd scene because he said he could ask any question. And he refused to answer the second question. Yeah. So I was like, "What was the point of that?" Um, I mean, it could have been that whole like, if you if I don't answer it, you can't lie. If mm. any, if it ever came up, so he's still kind of protecting himself. Yeah, but um, I mean, I, I don't understand why the, why Everett was so desperate to be with Drew. I mean, they hung out a couple of times, and I feel like he knows Drew is dangerous. They've almost been severely injured outside a club. That's what this what messing around with him. So I don't I don't get what ever gets out of it. They gotta be other guys that he can date, um, but you know maybe the attraction is just so strong, and maybe that's the point of the scene. Um, I think I think his attraction is is partially like Drew is the one of the few dudes to like actually see through him, and like actually accept him for who he is and be okay with it, um, even after he you know he he initially kind of saw that he wasn't okay with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, perhaps, he's gonna get that perhaps. boy messed up or killed. Um, and then we get, you know, I, I mean, I love, I love a when a <laughs> I love when a theory comes to be, but it just felt easy. Mecca is Kane's father. Um, I don't know. I, it didn't feel like there was that much weight. Again, you're you're talking to someone who was. By the time I, I started this episode, I was emotionally drained um, and just done. It was late at night, too. How did you feel about the big reveal? Okay, so I wanted to ask you this, because uh, you, you see the same way I see it. 
and the only way I, that it could be seen. But I was on, and I don't normally do this because I don't really look at. I do watch some reviews or other recaps, but I normally don't do it until after we tape because I don't want their things to kind of influence me. But it was one I saw today, and I think his name is Mark Dark TV or something like that. His thing or how he what he got out of the scene was not that what you got and what I got is that Mecca is Kane's father. He has the theory that Mecca is Zeke's father, and Monet is Zeke's mother. But I'm like, I don't, it don't, it doesn't make sense. Um, and you know, from there, because if that's the case, then Zeke would be like twenty something years old, like 23, 20 years old. But go and watch that Mark Dark. I think you could look Mark Dark uh, power recap and look at that theory. And then maybe at the beginning of the next episode, we could talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. But to me, it was. This was Crystal Kid and long coming down the line that the yeah. big reveal was going to be Mecca is not Lorenzo's son. Not Mecca. Uh, Kane is not Lorenzo's son, which is, you said, was predictable. We saw it coming. Um, now we understand why he's always constantly trying to bond with him. Uh, now that maybe, uh, maybe, I don't think anybody knows though. So I want to see how we're going to try to hide this story or where it's going to go or how Kane will feel once he finds out. Uh, Monet been lying to him the whole time. Um, hmm. I'm now I'm really, I'm really like, huh. I'm considering it because he keeps saying our son, but he never says Kane's name. That well, dude might be onto something. Yeah, like, but, you might have to send me that link. I might have to check that out. I'll send it Wait. to you. But to me, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you why quickly. Why it doesn't make any sense. They say the last time, the biggest red flag is the last time, and they say it flat out, last time I saw you was 24 years ago. So, and, and I, I think it's very cl- clear that uh, they, the, the Lorenzen family have been together like 20-something years. But there's no way Zeke is a 23-year-old college freshman. Uh, not a, Especially if he's this big was a big basketball star in high school. They would do everything in their power to get him straight to 18 and playing pro sports so that's why my thing is the theory doesn't make sense a lot of his theory is the fact that she seems to treat better than her other kids um she doesn't and they're saying because mecca was the real lover of her life and not lorenzo she has more warmth towards zeke it's also the fact that we never see anything about zeke's parents like you were saying we don't know anything about his backstory all they said was he was from down south and he moved in with them when he went to high school but they don't say nothing about who his mom is why does his parents never around he never he knows his dad was never around and he doesn't say nothing about his mom. So look at it. We'll talk about it a little bit at the beginning of next week if you think it's interesting. But to me, the fact that he would have to be 20, 23 years old doesn't make sense because we know we know Kane is about 22, 23 years old. So it, it makes more sense for that. But a lot of people was like arguing in the comments like this is a great theory. This is a great theory. And then you would point out, well, it doesn't make sense. And they'd have a bunch of reasons why it does make sense. So check it out. Sorry, I'm going on this long tangent about a different no, 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 podcast no, no, no. that we don't need to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm the same way, though. Like, I only listen to one other podcast, and I do the same thing. Like, if ours isn't up, well, if ours isn't recorded, I don't listen to anyone else's. And I definitely don't, like, I definitely don't, you know, check out anyone else's stuff um, until ours is recorded. But I only listen to one other podcast in the same way. Um, I will shout them out. Power After Hours. Um, they're more They're more of the wham-bam. Uh, but it's fun, and you know they got a they got a good chemistry as well. So shout out to them too. Um, but I'll definitely be I'll definitely yeah. Send me that link. Uh, that's that's, that's interesting. Uh, we get a Lauren Tariq scene that we kind of spoke on earlier. 
she she ditches the the roly um the wire <laughs> uh which i thought was it was telling it was telling because i think she she knows something's up and Tariq has done a good job of not saying anything around Lauren. Uh, but also, she doesn't press that hard. But uh, So I'm wondering where the shift is going to take place um, to where she starts to press. You, you got anything on that before we finish out? No, I'm just, I'm just curious to see what she's going to do. Like I said, it, it made sense what you were saying that um, she, she's willing to wear the wire but only to only to a certain extent. And I also think she does not know for a fact, but I think she still thinks Tariq is involved in some shady stuff. And it may not be criminal activity, but I think she still doesn't want anything about him being released to, released to the police. Um, but shout out to the police for giving a wire and a Rolex. Yeah. That's on brand with the rich girl thing, so exactly. at least they're not stupid with it. And truthfully, when I, when I just said what I just said out loud and I was thinking about it, there's a very good chance she doesn't really think that he's really into anything too shady. She might have took it off because they were about to have sex, and I wouldn't right. want the police to hear that. <laughs> so right. it they might be very well been Yeah, it could have very well been that, simply that. You never know on this show, though. Yeah. Got to keep <clears> you guessing. So the scene ends, well, excuse me, the episode ends with uh, Professor Dickman getting the call that a body has been found. He uh, somewhat respectfully takes uh, Big Brother Tate with him. And they discover that it is, in fact, Detective Ramirez. Uh, his body has been recovered. And even, I think the opening of the body discovery is like, it's probably been here at least two weeks. Which means that... He couldn't have one, killed Butcher's face. Yeah, he couldn't have killed Jabari. And two, only about in the last couple episodes of the previous season up to now, it's only been about a couple weeks. That's so why the timeline time. is always off on these shows because you can yeah. I can't never gauge. Exactly. Been, the cold, yeah. This could easily still be his first freshman year semester. I think it is. It's at most the winter break time because it's you know snow on the ground. Yeah. So <laughs> we're gonna be seeing Tariq's Christmas vacation. His well, they don't ever film when it's nice outside, so we don't. We probably won't see summer vacation. Um boy got a lot of years well three years of uh schooling and this gives way to our final scene of um Kane and Braden coming back to the crib and for a moment you you they they set it up really nicely I really feel like Braden legitimately earned Kane's respect and that's when I was like okay he's about to set up Braden to take this fall because you could see it he genuinely like was like look you you came through on um on everything but that gives way to Kane being Kane and dumping off the uh the badge and I I can't remember um who's uh who's whose drawer that was mm -hmm. I can't remember if it was Tariq or Braden's well gotta wait and see how that plays out but I I, I see what you say I think he does uh I mean, as much as he could like anybody or, you know, that he's ultimately going to betray, I think he does have a soft spot because Burton has been holding him down. Probably more yeah. than anybody else right now. More than his brothers have, more than his cousins have, more than Tariq, who, you know, he can't seem to keep up with. So I think he does have a, a definite a, a soft spot for Brayton or 
at least a little bit of real respect for him. Yeah. But not so much that he won't sacrifice him. Oh, no. No, never that. And, yeah, that's where the that's where the season ends. Not, excuse me, that's the season. That's where the episode ends. Um, we have a, a badge plant. Badge planted? Yes. Yes, the badge has been planted. Um, a body has been found. And we're going to see where where the chips fall. Final thoughts on the overall episode? No, I think it was a pretty good episode. Um, definitely fast paced, a lot of things going on. Um, but I think it, you know, there was still definitely still some storyline advancement. Uh, so still engaged. I actually finally got to look at the previews for next week. And it mm-hmm. seems like Tariq isn't going to be as clean as he thinks he is, at least in the eyes of Tate, the other Tate. Yeah. He he yeah. he says we need to start taking a serious look at Tariq St. Patrick. So we'll see how it goes. I think a lot a lot is gonna happen. I think they're gonna find a way to get Zeke out of the crosshairs pretty soon though. Uh just because I wanna yeah. um I don't know where his storyline is gonna go. Um but I'm really interested to see what we're going with. Cause it's coming. A clash is coming between Lorenzo and Mecca. Because Lorenzo is getting out. Tate already said the, the gears are in motion, and that's why Diane couldn't get that money back. Totally agree. Um, they are yes. They can't drag out this Zeke thing, but for so long, um, it's it's gonna bubble over in probably the next episode or two. But at some point, they kind of have to close that loop um, because it's it's kind of run its course and it's time to resolve it. Um, and yeah, in that on the next episode, it looked like Tariq was carrying his piece. So who knows? Maybe he'll get get his hands dirty a bit. Uh, but I also like the fact that he told he told Braden like any of these Tatas come looking for you and they ask you anything, you don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. Which is smart advice, but we also don't know if Kane is going to sell out Brayden, um to get Tariq even get him in even deeper. Uh, but like I said, it was it was a solid episode. It just for me, it didn't fully move me. But again, you know my disclaimer from earlier. Um, any any more like final thoughts before we wrap it up? Nah, man. I think I'm just ready for next week. They they picking here. up steam. Uh, picking up steam. We about almost at a halfway point. Yeah. Uh, so let's ride it out into the holidays. Yep. You think they'll take a break? I think they'll take a break Christmas week. You think what? What about New Year's? Uh, sorry. Oh, New what Year's. Like two, uh, no, New Year's break? is a Sunday. No, actually, they probably they might not take a break because Christmas is not on. Sunday. It's like that weekend leading into it. So, you know they normally, you know their normal break comes between episode eight and nine, I think. Mm-hmm. So they probably do that standard one just so they can drag it out because they're trying to get as close to the premiere for um, the next installment or the next spinoff. Because if we if we on a trajectory we on right now, it'll be probably late January when this ends. Because we got right. six more weeks to go. It'll be yeah towards the end of January, and I think time be supposed to start in February. Damn, it's soon. Yeah, so they may get there one little week that they always do. All right, well, folks, you know where to find us. You want to tell them where to find you just in case this is their first rodeo? PLP Podcast. Search it on Google. It should pop up most places. Or wherever you can find good audio podcasts, you can find it. All right, and you can find me at Off The Clock Podcast or Off The Clock Pod, O-F-F-T-H-A clock pod pretty much everywhere um same thing google it it should come up Mm. all right so for myself uh triple d and my man it's carlos d 
We're going to see you guys next time.